up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliffe, and it is Monday, December 27th, week 16, largely in the books. Of course, one game to go this evening, and a big one for a lot of us, but I want to recap everything that we saw over this weekend. Uh, The final weekend of Saturday games, the final week of Thursday night football, we won't get that this week. But uh, a lot to unpack here, especially from these Christmas Day games. So let's dive into Cleveland and Green Bay. Uh, Just don't doubt Nick Chubb. (laughs) Just never doubt this dude. 20 touches, 126, and a score on the ground, and adds a bonus as a receiver. Not usually a big receiver, you know, in terms of yardage, but three for 58 on four targets. I'll take that all day long. Otherwise, there was a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I guess Jarvis, four for 55, could have been worse. Anthony Schwartz, of course, getting the receiving touchdown out of the wideouts. But anyway, um, this game was really largely just two players. It was Nick Chubb, and it was Devontae Adams on the other side. Adams with a massive day, and he had over half of Aaron Rodgers' passing yards. Rodgers only 202. Now, he threw for three scores, so he was all good. He was just fine and dandy if you had to start him. But Adams, 114 on 10 catches, had 13 targets in this one, of course, scored twice. As of right now, only T. Higgins with more fantasy points on the week. Aaron Jones touched the ball 17 times, not overly concerned there. And actually, kind of a relief to see him with 12 carries compared to 9 for A.J. Dillon. But, you know, that's it's still going to be a little bit of a split heading into the final week of fantasy football. All right, second game on Christmas, Indianapolis, Arizona. On the Arizona side, of course, James Conner did not suit up for this one. And so what did we see? We saw a whole bunch of Chase Edmonds. Fortunately, it was it was an easy one to predict. Sometimes you think you think one thing and then something else happens, like, I don't know, Duke Johnson going off last week or something to that, to that effect instead of Miles Gaskin. But in this one, it was all Chase Edmonds. 16 for 56 and a score on the ground. Eight for 71 on nine targets. As a receiver, speaking of targets, Zach Ertz saw a ton of them. 13 targets, caught 8 for 54, heavily involved, especially with no DeAndre Hopkins. And while it wasn't a huge fantasy day for Christian Kirk, still encouraging that he had nine targets. He caught 7 for 55. He wasn't a disaster of a start, but, you know, with Wesley getting the touchdown and with all the volume going to Ertz and Edmonds, it just wasn't the best outing. Kyler was just fine, though. It helps when you run the ball, run for 74 yards on just four carries. On the other side, okay, well, if this is the floor for Jonathan Taylor, then it's still pretty good. Now, granted, only 10.8 PPR points because we got a Derek Dilemma game here. We did. He didn't have a single reception. He didn't score a touchdown. Therefore, in PPR, he was not that good of a play. But... 27 for 108. I'm not going to really fault this dude. He's still having an incredible season. Michael Pittman bounced back like we expected. Eight for 82 for him. And Carson Wentz, not a terrible game. You know, he's a top, he'll end up being a top 12 option. He's currently 10th among quarterbacks before the Monday night contest. Detroit, Atlanta. Apparently, Amon Ross St. Brown does not need Jared Goff. You could have Tim Boyle out there. Heck, you could have had David Blau out there. He maybe even could have had me out there and been just, no, not me. But still, 9 for 91 on 11 targets and a touchdown. He's a top 10 fantasy play. This is going to continue into next year. This is not a fluke. This is four straight weeks of very good production. He kind of gives me 
Now, not a 2021, but like um like a three or four years ago Cooper Cup vibe. He really does. I I love what we've seen out of him. I think he's gonna be a pretty quality fantasy asset, like a wide receiver two plus going forward, as long as they can, you know, hopefully build a little bit around this team. Otherwise, you didn't have DeAndre Swift, so it was a lot of Jamal Williams, 19 for 77. But Craig Reynolds still ended up being the better fantasy play. 11 for 29, caught three balls, though, for 22 yards. On the Atlanta side, Kyle Pitts now closing in on 1,000 receiving yards. He is only the second rookie in NFL history to a rookie tight end to have at least 900 receiving yards. Of course, the top is still Mike Ditka. He may pass him. Of course, Ditka did it in 14 games, but he goes six for 102. And fittingly, Hayden Hurst had the touchdown. <laughs> so, yay. Um, but either way, uh, not terrible if you had him. Russell Gage came back to earth in this one. And Cordero Patterson, not the best outing either. 7 for 14, scored the touchdown, so he bails you out a little bit, but just one catch for negative one yards. Uh, RB33 as of right now in PPR scoring, not, not the best week there. Definitely not the best week. Baltimore and Cincinnati, oh boy, Joe Burrow helping a whole bunch of folks advance to the championship round. Burrow went off over 500 in this one, and it was really everybody was getting in. Tyler Boyd got in uh, with the longer touchdown. You had a heavy volume day here for Jamar Chase. Now, granted, he didn't score the touchdowns, but he still put up a really solid fantasy line. You, of course, had the massive fantasy line for T. Higgins, and not to be outdone, Joe Mixon, not a bad day either. I mean, everything was Cincinnati in this one. If you had any piece of this offense, you're doing quite well for yourself. Mixon, 18 for 65 and a score, 6 for 70 and a score. Higgins, 12 for 194 and two scores. Even CJ Uzama had five catches for 36. Everything on that side. Now, Next week is Kansas City, much tougher test, so we'll see if that can uh, spill over. But, you know, on the Baltimore side, Josh Johnson had a, a tough task ahead of him, barely just joining this team, and now here he was starting in a big spot. If you used him, I don't think you can be too upset with a top 10 fantasy finish, 304-2. and two. I used him in DFS and made some decent money off of him. Not Nothing major, but... Definitely got more than what I invested, that's for sure. Mark Andrews continues to roll 8 on 10 for 125 and a score. James Prochet seemed to be the favorite target in this one, not Marquise Brown. Uh, although Brown did have 5 for 44, Prochet actually led the team in receiving. And Devonta Freeman remains just a flex option, so there's that. All right, real quick, let's do a break. We'll come back. We will talk. A disappointing outing from Matthew Stafford. Rams, Minnesota, Vikings right after the break. When it's all said and done, this is going to be one of Matthew Stafford's better professional seasons. Maybe not his best from a statistical standpoint, but he's already right up there even now, even if we just ended the season right now. However... His Week 16 performance certainly was not one of his better of the season. Right now, he is just quarterback 24, and that certainly hurts. Now, Cooper Cup still got his 10 more catches, so he has 132 on the season. Still a top 10 fantasy week. He's been excellent. Odell gets in the end zone. Okay. Not phenomenal, but a wide receiver 28. Okay. Van Jefferson had one for six. Yikes. 
So that was a bad one. And and really, it was largely Sony Michelle. So if you were running the ball this effectively, he goes 27 for 131 and a score, six red zone carries, one goal line quick carry that he, of course, converted for the score. If you're running that effectively, I guess it takes some pressure off the passing game, but it was not a good passing performance. By the way, our question is answered. It's Sony Michelle going forward, not to mention the fact that Daryl Henderson, even though he was very sparingly used in this one, also got hurt. On the Minnesota side, speaking of hurt, Adam Thielen trying to play his hardest to play through this injury, but was banged up throughout the course of the game and ended up missing a good chunk of the game just due to re-aggravating the injury. Three for 40 for him. Huge day for Justin Jefferson, despite seeing Jalen Ramsey a bunch. Eight for 116. Of course, K.J. Osborne got in the end zone. Alexander Madison wasn't a monster day, but it was certainly good enough in a week where good enough definitely counted. Uh, He had 13 carries for 41 yards, eh, but he scores a touchdown, chips in three for 29 as a receiver. Buffalo, New England. Uh, On the New England side, you know, hey, if if you faded Damian Harris, okay, cool, is what it is. Don't beat yourself up too much about it. I I thought RB2, and basically we got the exact volume that I was thinking. He had ended up with 18 carries. I was thinking somewhere in the range of 16 to 20, so split the difference. He goes over 100 yards. That's not that outlandish. But if anybody out there thought he was going to score three touchdowns, uh, yeah, right. You're lying or you're crazy because that's not logical. One touchdown? Okay, I'd get that, but three. And that's really the icing on the cake here for him. So don't beat yourself up if you started a player who was ranked higher. You did the right thing. Sometimes the right thing doesn't always work out for fantasy purposes, though. Otherwise, really nobody of note here because it was all Harris. Uh, Hunter Henry did have six targets, even though he only caught one for nine yards. But uh, anyway, on the other side, I don't know how, but there were a few people who ended up using Isaiah McKenzie this week. How do you how you do that? He catches 11 for 125 and a score. Now, Stephon Diggs was fine, too. Seven for 85 and a score. Diggs is a top 10 play this week as well. But McKenzie went nuts and really helped. Josh Allen posts another impressive fantasy line, and it is very clear, by the way, that it is Devin Singletary in the lead. 12 for 39 and a score, all right, but then he catches 5 for 39 as well. That's a top 10 fantasy week for him. Jacksonville and the Jets. James Robinson looks like he, well, he is. He's done for the season with a torn Achilles. Terrible timing. Daria Gumbawale was the one who got the work in this one. I don't know if he actually is the guy going forward, but he got 17 carries, 57 and a score for a Gumbawale. Marvin Jones, not a terrible day for him. I actually used him in my DFS lineup. I'm not too upset about it. Eight for 74, no touchdowns, because apparently Trevor Lawrence has forgotten how to throw those touchdowns. But anyway, on the other side, fellow rookie quarterback Zach Wilson was rumbling in this one, put on a show as a runner. Four for 91 in the long rushing touchdown, which I'm sure you saw. Michael Carter goes 16 for 118. Take that, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, 14 for 57. Two for six for Carter as well. That's a top 20 week, so he did bounce back after last week. And that's about all we have to report from this game. A boring game for fantasy purposes, I I suppose. Speaking of boring, the Giants uh, getting beat up on by the Philadelphia. Sorry, Giants fans, I couldn't resist. I don't know. Saquon Barkley... I got to ask, like, why do we keep ranking him so high? And I think this is the lowest I've ranked him all season, so I'm not ranking him high. But he had 16 touches, and I think that's part of it. That's an RB2 workload. 
or RB2 plus workload. So that's why he's being ranked where he is. I ranked him at 20 among running backs. It's not like I was like super high on him. But regardless, that's it. Just the efficiency isn't there. And uh, really, there was nothing of note on the Giants side. On the Philly side, of course, we do have Miles Sanders banged up yet again. Could miss some time here at the end of the season. So to be Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and Kenny Gainwell. To round it out, and of course, you have a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who only ran two times, by the way, in this game. Very rare for him to not run that much. He was connecting with Devontae Smith, who fortunately, hey, I was wrong on him if you used him. I said it was going to be a reasonably tough matchup. Nah, he was just fine. Five for 80 and a score. He's been up and down, though, this season. Just not a lot of meat on the bone in the passing game. Goddard, just two for 28 on four targets, so tight end continuing to be tricky. Tampa and Carolina, um, well, (laughs) Antonio Brown saw a lot of work here. And something to note, he does have some incentives in his contract if he reaches certain thresholds for receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and receptions. So that is um, very interesting down the stretch here. But he saw 15 targets, 10 for 101 in this one. Wide receiver 11 right now. Gronk, tough day at the office, just one catch for 23 yards. Cameron Brake got in the end zone, of course. Ronald Jones, not terrible, 20 for 65 and a score. Two for 16. In fact, pretty good in PPR. That's RB12 right now. Of course, Keyshawn Vaughn had the long touchdown. On the Carolina side, not good. (laughs) I mean, that's about all I have. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is frustrating. Amir Abdullah isn't going to get it done for fantasy purposes. DJ Moore, I mean, he had 11 targets, so at least I'll say something positive here. They're playing with two quarterbacks. Apparently now COVID is going through their building, so it's just an ugly situation. Chargers and Houston, one of the surprising games of the 2021 season. Nobody had Houston winning this one except maybe Houston themselves, and they won this one. And I tell you what, there were people out there who started Rex Burkhead and are going to their fantasy championships because of that. 22 carries, 149, and two scores for Sexy Rexy. Huge day at the office. Huge. Nico Collins and Chris Conley both getting in the end zone, and Davis Mills putting up a reasonably good stat line yet again. Surprise, surprise. He may have a future with this team. The Chargers, Justin Jackson, proved to be every bit of what we thought he was going to be. 11 for 64 and 2, but he benefited from this game script where they were playing from behind. Nine targets, catching eight for 98. He is the number one fantasy running back of the week. Josh Palmer getting in the end zone as a receiver. Down day for Keenan Allen, which was a bit of a surprise. Four for 35 for Keenan Allen in this contest. Chicago, Seattle, ugly, ugly weather in this one, which did put a damper on things in the passing game. You you saw DK Metcalf get in the end zone early for Seattle, but there really wasn't much doing there. So Metcalf, I mean, at least he gave you that. Tyler Lockett, you didn't get a touchdown out of. So Metcalf, I mean, you salvaged a top 35 week, two for 41 in a score, just three for 30 for Lockett on uh, six targets, four for 68 in a score for Gerald Everett. He was pretty solid, uh, but it was pretty much Rashad Penny, you know, 17 for 135 in a touchdown, ho-hum. Pretty much Rashad Penny in this one on that side. On the other side, Nick Foles going out there, 250 in a score. Not a big day for Nick Foles, but he did do enough to at least help out Darnell Mooney to a top 40 week, five for 57 for Mooney. It was really largely 
in the in the weather, David Montgomery. 28 touches for him. He's a top 10 option for the week. 21 for 45. He was largely stifled on the ground, but he got in the end zone, and then he caught 7 for 61. So overall, solid there for old Monty. Uh, and tough, just a tough game all around with the weather. Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Kansas City dominates in this one, but Tyreek Hill doesn't play much. Coming off of COVID, I don't buy this because you saw they didn't really need him to win. They leaned on Byron Pringle, a little bit of McCole Hardman. They didn't have Kelsey, obviously. So it was a weird game. Now, keep in mind that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was banged up in this one. Uh, so there is that. We'll keep an eye on him. And I'm not, I mean, Pittsburgh's trending down at the end of Ben's career. Denver and the Raiders. Uh, surprisingly, the Raiders shutting down the Denver run game. Yeah, it actually had negative rushing yards out of Melvin Gordon and not that uh, Javante Williams was much better. And they really just could not move the the football with Drew Locke under center. And credit where credit's due, the Raiders' defense stepped up when they needed to, big time. On the Raiders' side, it was Josh Jacobs. You know, Hunter Renfro had a pretty touchdown reception, but only three for 40 for him. Josh Jacobs, 27 for 129, caught a ball, negative five yards, whatever it is what it is. But uh, three targets for him, but tons of Jacobs on the ground. So not a terrible play. It was a little a bit of a, it was like a mini Derek Dilemma type game, but a lot of him from a football standpoint in this contest. Uh, Washington and Dallas to round things out. Dallas putting up a monster performance. Dak Prescott getting off the schneid in a big way in this one. Uh, right now, quarterback two for the week. Four passing scores, 330. Actually chips in 21 rushing yards as well, which was one of his better rushing performances. We didn't see a ton of Zeke, but we saw enough. 10 touches. You tell me Zeke was going to get 10 touches, I'd be like, ugh, I'm sorry. No, he scores twice. Nine for 37 on the ground, then catches the touchdown, the five-yard touchdown. All good. All good for Zeke. All good for Dalton Schultz. Just shows you the finicky nature of tight ends a few weeks ago he was basically dead to all of us and now here he is eight for 82 and a score uh Amari Cooper getting in on the touchdown Bonanza seven for 85 and a touchdown and then Malik Turner scored as well uh no touchdown for CeeDee Lamb four for 66 better days are always ahead for CeeDee Lamb so not going to freak out too much there on the other side pretty much ugly pretty much the entire game Taylor Heineke was running for his life seemingly on every play, just heaving the ball up. Hope, prayer, and, uh, well, the prayer was not answered for Taylor Heineke on a lot of those balls. Uh, He ends up throwing for 120 yards on seven completions, seven for 22. Uh, Fortunately, if you played Antonio Gibson, one of those completions did go to him, two for 29 and a score as a receiver, six for 29 as a runner. Jared Patterson ran the ball nine times for 33 yards. It was a whole lot of nothing outside of that John Bates touchdown at the very end. Ugh, what a game. Anyway, that does it for uh, this week. So guess what? Regular week ahead of us, and then next week, I'm not going to do a whole heck of a lot. I'll be honest with you. I'll probably have one podcast next week where I break out 2022 fantasy football rankings, but we'll do it. we're doing it straight to the finish line this week. So tomorrow I'll be back. We'll talk some rankings here on the podcast for you. I will catch you then. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.